Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Greetings. How are you guys doing? How, how's life treating you? Uh, this recording is is being recorded on April 17th, so I, I hesitate to say anything about, you know, virus jail right now. We're in the throes of it as we record this. Who knows what uh, May 20th will bring? Uh, I don't think any of us could even you know, dare to predict that. But uh, as we as we sit here and record that, my guest and I were just talking about the fact that he's up on um, in. Uh, New York and is in the midst of, you know, terrible weather and it's 80 degrees here in North Florida. So a little bit of a difference. So we've been covering, you know, a lot of things around the virus and how I can help you with that. And today we're going to take a little bit of a different turn. And Chris Lyons, my guest today, reached out to me, I don't know, some time ago about launching a creative career. And, and that really appealed to me for a lot of reasons. Number one, I have an undergraduate degree in music education. So while I went the route of teaching, I was a creative. I still am a creative. I have worked in you know the 22 years I spent in higher education. I worked with a lot of creatives and their challenges are unique. Their personalities are often such that kind of the sky is the limit and it can be hard to kind of corral that into a game plan and move forward with a specific career path. And, uh, and, and they have some products that they need to show prospective employers and, you know, kind of examples of their work. And that creates some interesting challenges. So first of all, I want to thank my guest, Chris Lyons, for being here today. Hi, Lisa. I am delighted to be here with you today. So start by telling the folks a little bit about your background and kind of what had you reaching out to me to be on the podcast. Sure. I am currently a freelance illustrator and have been for about 20 years. Previous to that, I was a creative director and partner at a pretty good sized agency upstate New York. And that was all well and good. But I, I quit the agency world in 2000 to become an illustrator. And about that same time, I also started teaching as an adjunct and I really, it became the thing that I loved the most. I love being an illustrator. I love just being a creative person. But working with students was the thing that made me feel like I was making a difference to some degree. And I was, was helping change trajectories of lives just by virtue of what I knew about the industry and being able to prep my students to be functioning uh, professionals at a pretty high level. So it's been really gratifying. So. And fast forward now to the last few years, and I've started a new company called Creative Career Starter, where I help students from all over the country navigate that process of graduating from design school and finding a job. Um, I'm surprised and kind of amazed at how few design schools actually cover that with any depth. So I saw that there was a lot of students being referred by my students, being referred to me to help them through this process. And I thought, you know what? I can reach a lot of people if I turn this into a business. So I, I launched a site just a couple of months ago and, and doing research about people doing podcasts in you know, the job search um, market. I, I, I saw you and saw your podcast and listened to your webinar last week. And I just thought you were great. And I thought I would love to come out and have a conversation with you about this. I think that's fantastic. And I, and I want to dive a little bit deeper about this notion of college professors and their kind of 
perspective of whether they're supposed to be helping their students or not because as you know as i mentioned i've spent 22 years in higher education and i saw kind of the whole spectrum and i'm sure you have too there's the folks who are super involved maybe too involved <laughs> to it's not my job you know you're on your own all i have to do is teach you and so how did you kind of get to this place where you see this as your kind of responsibility to help these students well as an as an adjunct in the college of art and design i I'm still working. I'm still in this business. And, and as an illustrator, I'm constantly reaching out to agencies and having to dig and find people and promote myself. And it really is exactly the process that I have my students follow. If you haven't been doing this, I mean, the tools have changed, as you know, in the last few years, they've changed dramatically. And it's never been, I don't want to say easier, but if you know, if you have a process Navigating these waters is much easier. I mean, when I when I got out, I was going to go back in the day on you here, but I remember opening the yellow pages and going down and just cold calling agencies when I got out of college. It's so much easier now, but students still make fatal mistakes in their job search process, and and I realized that I know how to do this. And as a as a working professional teaching in a design school as opposed to an academic, I see this all the time. So I'm in it all. The, I'm in it every day and I know I'm making a difference because my kids are getting great jobs and they're able to navigate this stuff successfully. And I can remember when I was first out of undergrad and, and looking for a teaching position in neighboring school districts around Tallahassee because I, I was getting married and my husband was going to do his internship during that first semester that I was going to be working. So I needed to stay in the area. And my solution, which I'm pretty sure was the, about the only solution was to get in my car <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. and drive from county to county and then start asking people where the school board office was and then ask them if I could fill out an application. Isn't that amazing to think about, you know, which of course in my case, I don't know about you, Chris, but it's been a few years ago, but it has definitely um, has changed significantly since then. <laughs> it's changed dramatically and I think for the better. And I think a little guidance goes a long way um, to get you through this process. So what do you see as some of these unique challenges when you're launching a creative career that maybe, you know, an accountant or a business major wouldn't run into? Well, separate from the time we're in right now, which I will dive into in some detail, because right now it's a completely new strategy for job search. <laughs> but I think it's just all bets are off. Um, and so I've had, to, I've had to pivot in what I tell my students now, because it's not business as usual. But for creative people, it is as much about that work. I liken, it, I liken it to playing basketball. When you step on the court to play basketball, nothing else matters but your game. No one cares where you came from, how much you make. No, no one, so many things just don't matter when you step on a basketball floor. Same thing with looking for a job. You step in there and you open that portfolio. It's all about your work. So for us, it matters less what school you went to, um, what kind of shoes you're wearing, what kind of car you drove up in, you show me a portfolio that makes my heart race and, and I'm going to take you seriously. So are there some tips around that portfolio? And I, and I guess we're talking specifically about those that are in the visual field of creativity. Is that, am I correct in that at this point? Yeah, uh, these are, these are designers, but okay. I, I, I do a talk to the, to, I've been doing it this spring before this all set in, was going to different high schools and the name of my presentation was how to make the news to your parents that you want to go to art school 
And, and the first tip is don't call it art school. It's design school. So I teach in the School of Graphic Design and the School of Industrial Design. And these are creative problem solvers. And the kinds of things that designers do, it's, what I do is I show the high school kids all the things, all the careers and opportunities creative people have. There's so many ways to make a living as a creative person these days that their parents have no clue about. So I give them a little bit of, a, a little bit of ammunition to go back to their parents and say, hey, you know, I'm thinking about art school. So I'm working now with high school kids as well to help them shape their portfolios and figure out what career path they want to chase and thereby what college they want to go to to get the correct training for the career they want. That is fabulous. And I think the message sort of underpinning what you're talking about is that there are career opportunities. So, you know, it doesn't mean that you are going to be a, a poor penniless, you know, artiste on the, <laughs> on the left bank. You, in fact, can have a rewarding and, and compensated career. Yes, the, the vision that parents have is their kid sitting under a bridge selling pencils with a <laughs> pair of sandals on. It's not, it's not flattering and it's not positive. And it's just the opposite. The kids, the jobs that my young people get are astonishing. At, at the talk I gave in the high school, I actually showed a couple of contracts that some of my recent um, students that I've worked with have signed. And they're, they're incredible. They're getting great money and they're getting stock options in these companies. But more importantly, they're putting their creativity to work and they're building careers out of the thing they love to do, which to me is, that's, that's, that's the gold right there. Is absolutely. what you love to do. Because you'll do it better than anything else, oh, right? Absolutely. So much better than going, you know, if your heart is not in being an accountant and you're doing it because mom and dad want you to do it. Um, yeah. I, I ran into, at the university that I worked at last, we had so many pre-med majors. And the reason we had so many pre-med majors was because the admission standards were very high at that school. It was considered a mm -hmm. highly select university. And so I ran into so many kids who kind of hit that critical sophomore into their junior year and they would come to the career center for career counseling because they didn't want to be a doctor any more than I want to be a doctor but they'd had that kind of culturation the whole time they were growing up that that's what really smart kids do clearly that's not the only thing that really smart kids can do and also you know you can make more money being a great something else than being an average unhappy doctor yeah, and, and I had that exact career path. I was in pre-med when I started college, <laughs> and I spent three years as an engineering major. It was such a bad fit. And then I, I was looking around. I actually went to another college to see about it because I knew they had a commercial art program. And the advisor there said, you know, your college has a design program. I had no idea. So I went back and ended up having to do four more years of college, which was great. It was a gift. And and. And it, that is also one of the things that prompted me to start this, this creative career starter company, because I, these people need to hear this information. I never got it. And I vowed that if I ever had the opportunity to bring this to young people, that I would do that. And I just want to say, and I've probably talked about this on the podcast before, but coming from the perspective of a music major, my story is that I only taught in the public school system for three years and then I left not because I was unhappy but because I wanted to I needed to move I was getting married and I wanted to see what else was out there and I never did go back to teaching in the in the public schools but that education degree and that music education degree has served me incredibly well so I have a brother who's 15 years older than me meaning he's really really old 
and he is never understood. He thinks that mom completely wasted the, the bucks uh, because I didn't pursue a, a lifelong career in music education. And the fact is that degree has been an amazing um, springboard for first a, a career in corporate training and then a career in higher education. And now I run my own business and I, I couldn't be prouder of <laughs> un unknowingly choosing one of the most difficult music programs in the country to go to. Didn't know, <laughs> didn't know enough to be completely terrified and then having to get over myself in that kind of public performance arena has served me so there is there is no group of people that you can put me in front of and anything you can ask me to do that's going to freak me out because I've already done it and I've gotten over myself and so I think I think there's a little bit of that when you're certainly thinking about theater creatives if you're thinking about visual art you know you're going to be you're going to be judged against you know your peers judged by it's a very subjective kind of thing with your professors your bosses are going to judge you and it really gives you a chance to kind of get over yourself would you agree oh 100% <laughs> and we always tell our students you got to separate yourself from your work and critiques it's not personal but guess what <clears throat> it is so personal when you put your work out there and people start ripping it apart it's really hard to do that and one of the things that i i tell my students is that they're all going into sales and what they're selling is ideas. And the more original the idea, the harder it is to sell. You better be pretty good at telling stories and selling your ideas or nothing's gonna get out the door. A lot of, of design students and, and creative people are natural introverts. And I think to get over that and get comfortable talking in front of a crowd and presenting your work, that's a real challenge. I also was thinking as you were talking about how important listening skills are to creatives. Because when I think about the music field that I was in, we did hours, did hundreds of hours of listening where we had to break down music and performances and analyze them. And in the theater, you've got to listen to whoever's delivering the other lines because you're not gonna react appropriately if you don't. And I think in your design field, it's listening to the client and hearing what is said and also what isn't said so that what you deliver is what they really need, even though they may not say it. Yeah, and you're, you're not getting hired to make things pretty. I mean, occasionally <laughs> you do. You're getting hired to solve problems. I, I just had a long meeting yesterday with a woman who's got a fantastic idea for an app, but she needs it branded. She needs, she needs some assets to help her tell this story. She doesn't know how to do that. She can build this app and it's a great idea, but if she can't tell the story and communicate to people, no one will know what to make of this thing. And that's where, that's where great creative problem solving comes in. So talking about those careers and the conversations that you have both with the college students and the high school students, what are some of those unique creative careers that the audience may not have thought of or ever heard of that you've experienced? You know, I do this little exercise where I show a series of images. And the first one is a shower curtain designed by an industrial designer and a licensing designer. Then there's the soap. The package of soap designed by a package designer and a branding designer, then the box of cereal, the newspaper. Every single thing you touch on your daily basis has been touched by a designer. When you watch a movie on Netflix, those titles are done by a designer. The art direction, I watched a Harry Potter movie last night. The art direction is astonishing. Mm. But those are creative people who went to design school that created those environments, that create that digital magic. Almost everything you've touched, Lisa, on a daily basis has gone through the hands of a designer. 
I think that's so funny as you're saying that because one of the things I used to say to my college students when talking to creative students and thinking about their career path was somebody had to design the green bean can and I always got this blank <laughs> stare and then I would just sit there and be silent with them and just watch the light bulb come on. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's like a whole new world when they realize what you just said. The area of creativity that is seeing an explosion in job opportunities right now is user experience and user interface design. Obviously, everything you engage with on these devices has been handled by a designer, whether it's an experience designer, an interface designer. Everything you see and experience on that phone has been created by someone who went to design school. And I think what I'm hearing you say is what I preach so very often on this podcast and certainly with my clients is that your job search cannot just consist of looking at job boards and applying oh God, jobs no. on. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I figured we were on the yeah. same page with that yes. one. So I made say, a note to talk about that. Yes. Say a little bit more about that. I'm, I'm actually, there's a little structure to what I'd like to talk about, if you don't mind. Sure. Because I, I had a webinar the other night about this with a whole bunch of students from all over the country one from Hong Kong, somebody from England, all of the states. It was great. We had a, an hour-long conversation about how to navigate your job search in these times. Because, you know, anything you thought you knew, forget about it. So then I, and I broke it down into four basic areas, four, four strategies. Um, the first one, which is even part of the number four, is to take care of yourself. I have never seen so much stress and so much worry mm -hmm. and so much uncertainty on the faces of young creative people. I've never seen these sad faces, they're all exhausted. These, these young people need to give themselves a little room to recognize that. These are extraordinary times. And no one, is, no, one, no one has experienced this. No one from 1918 is alive to say that I lived through a pandemic. It was, here's what you do. And certainly not in this digital age where information's flying all over. You can be overloaded with information very quickly. And I think disconnecting a little bit taking care of yourself. Like today, I'm, I'm super busy today, but I took an hour and a half and I went out and, and worked out for an hour and a half just to get that rattling in my head to stop. It's overwhelming. But I, I think students need to be reminded to take care of themselves first. You'll get to the work. Anyway, so, so I, I, that's how I started my webinar the other night, just to, just to hopefully put people at ease. But the number one thing that these young people can do right now is to build your network. Never stop building your network. In, you know, in a typical semester, there's, there's no time. They don't see it as being that important. It's a pain in the butt. You know, why should I be doing this? But if you use LinkedIn the way it's supposed to be used, use it correctly, and you connect with all your teachers, all the professionals you know, you will build a network before you know it. You'll have a substantial resource to use when you start job prospecting. And when you connect with people, when you find people to connect with, Always use that when it says to you, do you want to send a note along with that invitation? Always send a note. Always start a conversation. So point number one is continue to build your network. Um, like there's an agency here in town that um, sent me a note today and they've offered a source, a resource to young creative, young creative wannabes. They're, they're holding portfolio reviews and mentoring conversations. And I sent a note out to about 40 young designers today and said, take advantage of this. Build your network, have conversations with professionals and get feedback on your work. The more feedback you've got, the better the work is going to be. So building your network, it seems like we're all isolated, so that's gonna be impossible. It's never been more possible because these people, just like the students, are sitting in front of their machines all day. 
and they've actually, they've actually become a pleasant diversion to hear from a student. So networking right now is a good idea. So the second point is to spend this time researching creative firms that you are interested in and really research. Look at the work they do. Look at how they present their culture. The number one mistake that young job seekers make is they don't know anything about the company they're reaching out to. Then they write some crappy letter, some dear sir or madam letter that makes no sense that people will discount immediately. If you can write a meaningful letter based on your understanding of the place you're reaching out to, you immediately move yourself to the top 50% of the consideration site. Just by doing that basic function, just learn about these companies that you are interested in. And once you find these places, you follow them on all the social platforms, on Instagram and on Facebook, and see what they're putting out there. Learn about them, comment on the work, join the conversation. And then eventually you start developing your work and your, your, you know, your personal style, the work that you're proud of, start putting it out there and hashtag at them, tag them in your posts. See what they think about your work. But it's all about starting conversations and continuing to build this network. That is such good advice and certainly tracks with exactly what I tell my students. And, and you have an opportunity on LinkedIn to put some of your visual work on your profile. So you can take some pieces of your portfolio and put them out there for people to see. And I always remind people that a lot of times people are seeing your LinkedIn profile before they see a resume, especially the oh, recruiters yeah. that are on there looking for people. And so you don't, I, I get a lot of folks who, especially young ones, <laughs> youngsters, who are like, yeah, I have a LinkedIn profile. I'm not sure why, not sure what to do with it. It's a little strange, but I've done it. And that's just not enough. You got to play full out on LinkedIn. And, and it sounds like you've got a lot of good help to give them. And that's certainly an area of expertise that I have. So if anybody is lacking in an understanding of how to maximize LinkedIn, especially right now, reach out to one of us and I'm sure we can, we can point you in the right direction. I've got a, a tool specifically that deals with how to leverage LinkedIn in connection with a couple other platforms that really simplify this system. It's pretty compelling stuff. LinkedIn is a marvel, not only for prospecting and finding people, but for putting, like you said, putting stuff out there. I all of a sudden looked and I've got almost 3,000 connections on LinkedIn. I don't even know how that happened, but it happened. And so that's a pretty substantial force to reach out to, especially when when I consider that Almost all of them are in the creative industry. It's a really focused group of connections I have on LinkedIn. And it's also important to think of your connections on LinkedIn as being how people find you as well. So I always talk about your footprint on LinkedIn as being the people that you're connected to. So those are your first level connections, plus the people that they're connected to because there's only one person between you and those second level connections. So it would be very easy for one of those second levels to find out about you and get the scoop on you from somebody that you both know. And so when you think of as you grow your number of connections, you are, you are kind of adding all the people that they're connected to and they become part of your tribe and it makes you much more visible. I, I talk about it as having it, it, that's your footprint on LinkedIn. And you and I, I have over, I just passed the 5,000 mark. So we've got really big old feet on LinkedIn. And in fact, when people are looking for resume writers or career coaches, they, I come up to the top of pretty much anybody's search because my, my network is so big on LinkedIn. And I'm sure you've had that experience in the creative field as well. And that's the same thing students can expect with recruiters reaching out for entry-level creative positions. 
Yep. Whenever I'm working with a young person and I mention LinkedIn and they roll their eyes, <laughs> I say, okay, sit down here. We're going to have a little conversation about this because it, it really is very robust. And I always make them take full advantage of that profile section, tell the world who you are and the contact information. Put your website link there. Be accessible. Make it easy for people to find you. Um, LinkedIn is great for that. Absolutely. We are on the same page with that. So do you have any other tips for these recent college grads? I'm thinking specifically around what is happening, because even though this isn't coming out until May 20th, we know life is not going to be back to normal anytime too soon. And here we've got this crop of, of 2020 graduates. What a fun time to get out of college. What can you tell them to give them some encouragement? So I did a survey of at least a dozen creative directors and agency owners and asked that very question. What should these young about to graduate from design school grads, what should they be doing about the job search? Should they put it on hold? Should they push it forward? My feeling was they should keep pushing it forward. And that was exactly what every single person that I interviewed said. Keep pushing it forward, but do not be tone deaf to the current situation. When you, when you reach out to them, acknowledge the situation. Do not be a burden. Instead, delight them. And what I mean by that is position yourself as someone who can help them in this time. Don't go out asking for a job and being all needy. Say, here's what I do. These are my core strengths. I'm, I'm great at art direction. I'm a great ad conceptor. I'm a designer illustrator. I'm great at motion. I'm great at user experience. C count on me to be a resource if you need one right now. It's Because when you think about the way agencies work, they're all collaborative and people are in rooms and, and there's teams of people. Now they're all scattered to the winds. And if you can possess, position yourself to a creative director as a resource for this thing that you do really well, for example, one of my students is in Idaho and she's writing her cover letters and we went through it yesterday. We, we wrote her letter and at the end she said, I'm, I'm excellent at design and illustration, especially in support of strategic branding. So I would love to be a resource for you during these difficult times. As opposed to, hey, I'm looking for a job, do you have one? They don't have a job. They're not, no one's hiring right now, but they are still, they still have client demands that need to be met. And if you can position yourself as not a burden, someone looking and asking for something, but as a resource, it makes, it makes all the difference in the world. Last week, I, I did a promotion because I'm an illustrator as well, so I've got to keep pushing that. And I usually send out promotional emails. I've got a mailing list of about 5,000 people. And then I also send it out on LinkedIn. But I did a little coloring book. I was trying to help creative directors and art directors who are now working from home and have kids to deal with uh, that they are got to keep occupied while they try and get their work done. So I, I designed a PDF coloring book and I sent it out to all these people and said, print this out and it'll keep your kid busy for a couple hours. The response was unbelievable. As opposed to, hey, I'm an illustrator, here's my stuff, hire me. I sent them something. Uh -huh. And as a result, I got a couple of really nice projects. Sort of on that really wasn't my intent, but it was my intent but I got a couple of nice projects out of it, but I solved the problem as opposed to positioning myself as one more person clawing and looking for a favor from them. Yeah, and I also think there's this kind of factor of serendipity that comes into place. You know, if you're just putting yourself out there and you're having the conversations and doing the networking, virtually, of course, things happen. Just like you said, it may not be a job with that company that you're, whose person you're talking to, but it could be a contract job or, hey, my friend who's now working from home has this need. Could you do it? 
you know, I think about even in my business right now, I have a couple and I have a business and I also have a a consortium that I'm, we're building a business together. I'm, I'm one of four um, principals in that business. And we just wrote the job descriptions today for somebody who's going to do web design, uh, social media postings, program development, which has certainly a visual aspect to it. So there's all kinds of opportunities out there and it just may not be what you think it is. So if you're open to that kind of serendipity and be flexible, I think you really position yourself much stronger than, as you said, being like super focused on you need to give me a full-time job and that's what I'm looking for. To to support that, what I'm encouraging the young people that I'm working with is to focus your portfolio. Make sure you lead with your strengths. If you can focus your portfolio so that when they go to your site to look at it, within the first three pieces, they see, okay, this is a skill set I could use. Mm -hmm. You're doing yourselves a favor and you're doing them a favor by making it easy for them to project forward what it would be like to work with you. I think right now is a good time to be reaching out to firms. And I think it's a good time to reach out to firms doing the kind of work you'd like to be doing, as opposed to just looking for a job. Because nobody's really hiring right now, but they will be. When this ends, there's going to be a real need. If you do the work now to shape your portfolio and, and make your network connections, you'll be in a position to be at least in some consideration sets that maybe you aren't right now. I was meeting just this week with um, two young designers, both of whom graduated three or four years ago, and they're very unhappy with their jobs. And I said, take the time right now, while the world is, is still, to reinvent yourself and research places doing the kind of work you want to do. They took jobs at places because they needed jobs. They didn't have the luxury of saying, you know, I, I would love to wait for this job or find a job like this. Right now, you've got a little bit of luxury to search the kinds of places doing the work you want to do and then shape your portfolio. I've got, a, I've got a course on my Creative Career Starter website that focuses on portfolios. It's, it's all about looking at your work, editing your work, making sure that it supports your professional intent, but creating new work. I give creative prompts for projects, and then we review these projects. It's hard to do this on your own, and, and you need... It really helps to have someone give you a creative problem, much like it is in school. Like my classes, I'll tell them, this is, here's the assignment. Here's the audience. Here's the tone of voice. Here's the problem we're trying to solve. Go solve that with your creativity. It, there's a real structure to a creative brief that leads into um, the execution of a job. And it's hard to do that on your own, especially, especially if you're not terribly experienced. So I can provide that as a mentor to help you shape a portfolio. I love that. I love that. And I also think that my, my belief is that when the sort of doors open to hiring again in a, in a large scale way, there's going to be tremendous hiring activity. There's going to be a, a flurry, unlike what we usually experience in the summer, at least we hope it's going to happen in the summer. There's also going to be unprecedented numbers of candidates. And I think what's really important, no matter what your field is, creative or otherwise, is that you don't want to be writing a resume when the right. doors open. You don't want to be coming up with your job search strategy. You don't want to be starting to network. You want to be, I think of it as like there's a starting line, like at the Boston Marathon, and I want you to be right up at the front. You're not back in the back trying to figure things out. So this is a really great time to do that. And I am certainly finding that people are more open to having those networking conversations, picking up a phone or having a Zoom call than they would have been a few months ago when they were, you know, super busy in their offices. So I think this is the best time possible to network. 
I think so too. And I think it seems counterintuitive that it's a pandemic and the world is shut down, but you've got everyone's attention. I think it's a good time to start this work. I agree. I couldn't agree more. Well, this has been such a good conversation and I hope it has really resonated with uh, those of you out there that are our creatives. And uh, if you know someone, if you're listening to this and you know someone who is in this place of looking for a creative job, I hope you'll forward the, the podcast to them so that they can get this wonderful content. So Chris, how can the listeners find you? My website is creativecareerstarter.com. I'm also on um, Facebook and on LinkedIn, and I've got a uh, Instagram feed in support of that as well. I'm pretty easy to find. <laughs> but it's kind of helpful, right? It's kind of important to be, <laughs> to yeah. be visible out there. Yep. And on my website, I've got some free tools for helping young designers jumpstart their job search. But I've also got some really um, useful tools around um, how, to, how to structure a freelance business while you're doing your job search and how to write letters. But I think the portfolio power session with me is something that I'm seeing a lot of interest in and spending a lot of time working with young creative people right now. In this current climate, it's important to get your book focused. Yes, so important. And I love the idea of doing some freelance work right now, whether it's paid or unpaid is really not relevant. It is, if it is substantive experience that you can include in your portfolio, talk about in your interview, put on your resume, it's valuable. So much of this has to do with starting, you know, it all starts with your thoughts. So starting with the thought of not, there are no jobs out there, but what can I do? What can I do right now? to look up, look for a job, to work towards my career goals, and then get busy doing it, right? Exactly. So make sure I've, that you're opening yourself up to that. Yep. I've heard a lot of, a lot of young creative people, you know, going fetal and curling up in a ball. And this isn't, <laughs> I understand the inclination because I feel like doing that occasionally, but now is the time to really focus on yourself and see if you can't shape your career in a way that you are in control as opposed to just jumping in the river and being pulled along. You, you decide yes. how this goes. Yeah, and creatives are not the only ones curled up in the fetal position out there. So <laughs> they do not have the, uh, the uh, market on that one, I can tell you for sure. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, Chris, it has been an absolute pleasure talking with you. You guys, I hope that if it is appropriate for you to reach out to Chris, if you are in a creative field, please do so. His contact information is in the show notes. And as always, I want to be your career coach as well. So if you're a non-creative, I hope you'll reach out to me. And so right now, when I think about kind of what's happening in my business, I am busier than I've ever been. And people are reaching out because they recognize kind of what we were just talking about at the end, that this is the time to do that work. This is the time to lay that foundation so that when the doors open, they can hit the ground running. And a lot of my more senior clients are, are still having conversations and there's not necessarily, they don't have a start date for their, their job, but they're being told that they're going to receive a contract. They're going to, they're told that they will be hired. Um, so there is movement out there depending on the field that you're in, the level that you're working at. But the worst thing that you can do is to tell yourself there's no opportunities and therefore you should just eat chips and watch Netflix instead. So reach out to me if I can help you with that. And uh, I'll see you guys next week. Take care. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.